Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassman coming right back at you here from the PCC Multiverse and Pop Culture Cosmos. Of course, everything that we do at Inside Sports Fantasy Football, go ahead and check out Chris Sardieri and I as we cover the world of fantasy football like no one else at Inside Sports Fantasy Football, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, I have a great crew that joins me each and every time out for the Lakers Fast Break, where we cover everything going on with the Lakers and the NBA. So please check it out on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. There's Always a great thing to read or go ahead and see and do and interact with at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. Plus, also, if you need just your latest tidbits of news and notes from the world of pop culture, go ahead and check it out today at the Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Plus, also, as well, go ahead and check out everything that we're doing at The Happy Hoarder, Vampires and Vitae, Wild Beyond a Witchlight with Wizards of Wine and everything that we do for you right here at the Pop Culture cosmos but it wouldn't be a pcc multiverse without a good friend of mine it is the mistress of all canadian radio (laughs) it is my good friend indeed you got to go ahead check out when she wreaks havoc on her husband each and every weekend at vampires and vitae plus well actually probably every day if you you know (laughs) actually ask him but also as well you got to go ahead and check out what she's doing with her other projects she's got coming up in the future for Tabletop RPG and, of course, Wizards of Wine with Wild Beyond the Witch Light. It is Melinda Barkhouse Ross. And Melinda, <sighs> a lot Agreed. to catch up with. Yeah. I, uh, Josh uh, could not come on the Monday show because he had internet gremlins all over the place. So everything moved up from one show to the next. Plus, we got a ton of news ourselves to go ahead and cover on today's program. Man, oh man, well, let's get cracking. <laughs> I know, we only got an hour to do it, so we better get cracking mm-hmm. indeed. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, to everyone out there, is obviously the big news. The SAG After Strike, the Screen Actors Guild, has come to an agreement with the studios, thereby releasing the Kraken, so to speak, back into the entertainment world. The entertainment world have now come to an agreement with the writers and also the actors, so... Well, I don't want to say anything about the producers and directors. That's for another rainy day. But right now, Hollywood and the entertainment world seems to be now aligned. It's still created a lot of havoc going forward, as we'll talk about for one major studio here, when, especially when we hit the Marvels and the Marvel future. But for now, I think Hollywood can take a sigh of relief. Yeah, I I think we can all take a sigh of relief. We are not going to be subjected to an entire winter season of nothing but reality TV programs. Thank God. (laughs) I will tell you, though, cool, bro. That's my suggestion. Uh, As far as after reading Pet Cemetery and Salem's Lot, you talk about Exorcist, uh, American Psycho, or Something Wicked This Way Comes. I said American Psycho. Uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes is also very underrated, so you might want to look into that as well. 
So definitely good books indeed. But yes, the, the strike has now been taken care of. Everybody can now freely go back to work for television projects and also film projects. It is going to take some time to catch up. Again, there's a lot of studios still readjusting for what they're going to be doing. And, and it's going to affect later this year and also next year. You know, we probably will not see the whole studio release schedule come back to normal until 2025. No. Why would you say that? <laughs> because I'm already seen already after the article I read from one no. big studio outlet already. Oh, but I don't, I just, I don't, I just, oh God, I'm, I'm not prepared for an entire season of reality TV. I don't want that. Well, there will still be some, like there, there's some stop gaps, but, and there'll be some entertainment releases, but you're some of your favorites that were just in the start of production or maybe halfway yeah. through, those are adversely affected and those are going to take some time to get underway. And in a lot of those cases, if they were coming out, let's say, early to mid 2024 those get pushed back to mid to late 2024 and so on and so forth the stuff in the middle of the year may get pushed back even further and then the stuff in the later in the year they get pushed back to 2025 it's just like in the gaming industry when covid hit obviously it pushed so many projects in gaming so far back everybody's been talking about how great a year it was. And I talked to TJ Johnson on this. You can hear that in my upcoming conversation with him about how I think that now this year, the reason why this year is so good for video games is because they're now catching up, not all entirely, 100%, but they're almost all cut up with all the projects that they were doing in 20 and 21 and 22. They're now catching up and being able to release it to the public out there you will see that same effect caused by the strike over the course of the next year or two. It probably won't be until 2025 until you see a regular flow like you did before coming up again. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's fair, but man, oh man. <laughs> I don't I don't want to go through the I don't want to go through the bad times after we've gone through the rough times, you know? I hear you. I hear you, yeah. my friend. But uh, again, it, a lot of these projects had to be started up. Oh, there, if there was something started up or was planned to start up during the interim, you know, that's only going to start up now. Yeah, just it's caused so many delays. I mean, Deadpool 3 is going to be finishing up or at least I don't know how far. They said about halfway through filming. So they're going to be starting back up filming later this month. And that's something we're going to cover here as far as when it's expected release here coming up in a bit because there's a big surprise announcement from Marvel. We'll touch on with the Marvels coming up here in a little bit, but yeah, this is really something a lot of people can start taking a, uh, a sigh of relief. I know the issue of AI was very important to both SAG and the studios. I think that was probably the last major hangup in regards to that. And it wasn't just about the, the AI for character actors or you know extras or things like that where let's say you and i were extras on a film or a television show and we would get our face body scanned in that they could use at any point in time uh, i think sag and, and the studios were able to come to an agreement on not to do that real easily it was the larger stars it was the bigger stars let's you know just throw out any name you want let's say since we're talking about marvel a little bit today robert downey jr okay you know I think the issue was higher profile stars 
utilized being having their AI being utilized for projects down the road. I think that was the major sticking point. And I don't know what the ultimate outcome of it is, but I'm hopeful that it, they, you know, obviously they came to some sort of resolution. And again, it should be up to the individuals or their estates going forward on how they're utilized for the future going forward for AI. Yeah, I I feel like though I'm not positive. I I might have read this, but I might have dreamed it up a little bit as well. But like, didn't Bruce Willis do all of that before as he had to retire? I, I that I'm not sure. You'd have to we'd have to check with their family if that's been touched on. I know the only yeah. updates we've received as far as it's been his health is yeah. concerned and, and how uh, the dementia is really, really taking a toll on him, uh, yeah. you know, as far as his ability to communicate with others. And I'm very sad to report that. And I wish I could report something better in that aspect. But it, she is, uh, his daughter is still, one of his daughters is still saying that, you know, every chance he gets, he still tries to be Bruce Willis in some form or fashion that, that tries to bring a smile to everyone out there. So hopefully that, that you know, kind of, helps people out a little bit, but yeah, it's a very sad situation there, but that could possibly be the case uh, with Bruce Willis and that they might have allowed for some imaging to be done for later use down the line, but we'll see. But that was, I think the major sticking point from what I was reading and observing is just the higher profile stars getting the same kind of protections that everyday actors were getting in regards to AI. Yeah. It shouldn't be like an automatic uh, we're just going to go ahead and scan you and get your voice prints and and all of that stuff, so we can just use you for for forever. Uh, for because until... I was talking to my daughter about this, yeah, and I was saying that if I was a famous actor, I uh -huh. said, okay, I would leave it up to the estate, my estate, for a hundred years down the line. Let's say there was this great project that they wanted an AI Gerald to come out for. I'd say, okay, if that's up to my estate, if it was in good taste that's fine but it should always be up to my family or my estate or the people responsible for me and going forward i understand that when you give yourself to public life at that high level you know you are going to have some things that are just out there whether or not you can control it or not but i do think that these studios should not have universal control of your ai likeness going forward even if you started one of their biggest films or tv projects yeah and it, it really is quite scary already what they can do i mean i've i have entertained for at least a few minutes uh joe biden donald trump and um uh oh my goodness um what's the other guy uh i did not have uh clinton uh the three of them playing D D together of like that exists out there uh, and heaven knows that probably didn't actually happen. Tom Hanks was selling <laughs> dental insurance, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, yeah. so without I mean, his permission, by the way. Yeah, it's already happening. So yeah. it, you know, you can't even trust what you hear. You can't even trust what you really see anymore. Um, you know, already. So you can imagine how wild and out of control it's going to get until there's some kind of uh, rules or regulatory system put in place for it. But it is, of course. The SAG after strike, it is now over. Uh, the terms have been, you know, they've come to agreement on terms. Really happy to see that. We are ecstatic because now we can get back to talking about entertainment. It is going to take a while for everything to start flowing in the way that it used to. But you know what? I am now looking forward to seeing these 
great entertainment properties now coming out at some point in time down the future for sure once again. Okay, so if we're going to talk, if we're talking releases, right? So we know a bunch of stuff kind of got moved around and jiggled around. So the I, I assume it's just so the companies would have be able to spread out their financial year a little bit yes. better, right? Yes. So are they going to undo all of that now? Or do you see them sticking with it? I see them sticking with, with it at the early, at the, at the earliest. And, you know, like, for instance, Dune. Dune, mm -hmm. you know, which was ex the part two, which you and I were looking so forward to. In fact, that you said that would get you back in the theaters. Well, yeah. don't look to get back in the theaters until February 2024, <laughs> because it's still staying on that February 2024 timeline. It did not come out last week, and it, did, it does not look like it's going to come out before the end of the year. And it looks like it's, yeah, getting still staying on that February 2024 timeline for those exact reasons what you mentioned as far as Warner Brothers having something decent that could draw in money during that Q1 period of 2024 for them. Again, you're going to see that going forward, that there's still some shuffling around. You know, Marvel, and let's just get into Marvel because the Marvel's going to be talking about here in a little bit. Marvel just announced that they're moving all of their slate again of the movies that they have planned for next year or that they had planned for next year because da, 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 Deadpool 3, which we just talked about being worked on and being finished up hopefully later this month and probably by the end of the year, that has moved from May, and we talked about it on a previous episode that they moved to October of next year. Well, now they're moving back to late July of next year, <laughs> and that is the only Marvel property that's coming out next year as far as the movies is concerned. There's still Disney Plus series like What If and some other things that are coming to Echo, Marvel's Echo, which they had already announced with a very graphic trailer. That's going to be part of Marvel's spotlight that a lot of people are looking forward to seeing in January. So that's going to be coming out. But as far as a movie, that will be the only Marvel movie as of now, remember, subject to change, without notice seemingly, but it is going to be the only movie right now from Marvel, and that's coming out in late July, which is extremely surprising that they do not have a first week of May release available at all. This will be the first time, my God, is it since 2007? Because 2008 with Iron Man and all that, yeah. they might have had what I would have to check the record books just to make sure, but first week of May has been Marvel for over a decade and yeah. this will be as of now the first year that they don't have that that's going to be a trip oof I, I mean I wonder if they just have something that they've been kind of hanging on to and they haven't really talked about and I'll tell you I what, though, what it if could I was be, Warner though. Brothers if I was Warner Brothers I would move Dune back to that first week of May heck yeah I would yeah absolutely just saying just yep, no, I'm, I'm with you. So what that. are your thoughts on the fact that you're only going to, they're available to have a one Marvel movie next year because Captain America, Brave New World, which was moved back after it was moved off the May of next year, it was moved back into May of next year. Now it's being moved up again. It's being pushed back to February of 2025. Gosh. Thunderbolts has been moved out of Christmas ne uh, next year into July of 2025. And the Blade reboot, which has been talked about 
how restructuring Mahershala Ali, they talked about how Mahershala Ali wasn't going to be the lead character. Then they talked about how they were going to rewrite it again to make him the lead character again. They talked about how they, they shifted from making it a two three hundred dollar movie now it's going to be around under a hundred million dollars or thereabouts that has been pushed back from february 2025 to november 2025 so again all subject to change my friend yeah i you know if there is one marvel movie that's coming out next year it might as well be deadpool at least that one seems to uh, still get people pretty excited when they hear about, you know, a new Deadpool movie coming out. I just feel like with some of the other Marvel properties that we have right now, it, it's just kind of a, uh. um, so we'll talk about here in a second. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but I, I do think that, um, yeah, it would be smart of them to move it back to May, but I'm also okay if Dune moves into that spot. Yeah. We'll find out what's going on indeed, but it is the seg after strike is now done and the marvel movies and other movies other tv projects are being still moved all over the place we will try to keep you updated on the major happenings and major movie schedule changes as best we can you can always check it out at pop culture cosmos on facebook or please let us know your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com for the latest news and information analysis and opinions on the los angeles lakers and the nba Check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, my friend, speaking of Marvel, the Marvels is out this weekend in theaters. And uh, I was actually going to ask you this before we went on the air and I don't want to, I'll, I'll let you make it, you know, whatever assumptions you can. So if you go okay. to Metacritic right now, if you go uh-huh. to Metacritic.com Oof. And, and you type in the Marvels, uh-huh. the Marvels, which uh, brings back Captain Marvel along with Miss Marvel and, uh, you know, just basically also as well, you know, the, you know, Captain you know, Nick Fury, you know, just, just the basic, uh, you know, as far as, action pick that looks like the marvels is going to be hopefully tying in somewhat into the future of what the marvels uh marvel is going to do with uh, you know as far as monica rambeau carol danvers and of course kamala khan this miss marvel what those three are going to be doing this point forward plus also talking about how it's going to hopefully lead into something larger as far as the marvel universe going forward with possibly talk about the x-men and things of that nature so some of that may or may not be hinted in the movie that's debuting this weekend in theaters. A uh, lot of uh, rumors and innuendo saying that it is, and people who are watching it right now as you speak could probably tell us better on that. But the reviews that came out, if you look at Metacritic.com and you go over there and you see the average score for the Marvels is one of the lowest ever for a Marvel movie at 53 uh, the yeah. opinions are mm-hmm. all over the place. But if you take a look at the sampling that they gave, as far as because they have over 40 critics overall rated out there on Metacritic. But if you take a look at the samples, they throw like 15 at you, 15, 20 at you. If you take a look at the top ones that they have at the top, most of those were reviewed by women. And if you take a look at the bottom ones that they sampled, Again, this is not just the entire 40 plus that, that mm-hmm. they've got. This is just the ones that they sampled. If you look at Metacritic, the ones on the bottom, 
most of those, most that they sampled were done by men. Your thoughts on this, my friend, because I, again, I don't know. I haven't seen the film. I will see it next weekend as what I'm, we're targeting my daughters and I, my daughters are extremely excited to see it and I'm very happy for them. But your thoughts, my friend, I've seen actually reviews already physically. I've seen it on YouTube, read articles, gone into deep in the, into detail. And it seems to a little bit core, you know, coalesce with all, with those alignments on that. I don't want to outright say it, but is that something that you're seeing as well in that trend once you're seeing those reviews right there? Well, I think that it was it was a trend um, when the first Marvel movie came out, because I know I certainly had one opinion of, uh, you know, the Captain Marvel, Marvel, Captain Marvel. Sorry. Yes. Uh, Captain Marvel. Um, and Robbie certainly had another viewpoint of the movie so what did and, you think about the original captain marvel just so well I so i i thought it was a i thought it was an entertaining as heck movie but i also you know growing up um heard all of the things said to me that were said to captain carol danvers as she was growing up um so it was incredibly relatable to me and um to see somebody um on screen and to hear those things you know kind of being hurled around um it was, it felt, uh, is cathartic the right word? Anyway, it just felt great to see somebody who was told you can't, you can't, you can't, because, 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 and then she, you know, it, it manages to move ahead despite all of the odds um, that had been perceptively stacked against her. So um, it, to me, the movie was incredibly relatable. To Robbie, it was um, not relatable at all. And I think that sometimes when you're talking about the difference between, um, you know, even male presenting and femme presenting people, um, I think that you do have a, an incredibly different viewpoint. You have an incredibly different um, way that you look at things, an incredibly different way that you experience things. And the what I think the Captain Marvel movie did very well was showing what the female or femme presenting viewpoint can look like. And it's rough. It, it can be really hard. It can be incredibly disheartening. It can be all of those things that you saw in the movie. But if you've never experienced that, then, you know, sometimes I think that the, the default is that I'm, I'm being attacked because I'm a man. But that's not at all what's happening. That's just showing the experience of what women and femme presenting people um, have had to go through and, and what they've had to to see and what they've had to listen to and, and how they've been treated. Now, I am not trying to sell this like every single person um, who happens to be female or femme presenting um, has gone through all of those things because there, there are very lucky women who um, have not been told those things. Um, but as somebody who has experienced that, particularly in the broadcasting industry even, um, you know, you, you do kind of take your lumps and you do tend to take them a little bit more than some of your counterparts. That's not imaginary. That's true experience. I, and, and I, I would not disagree with you there at all. I would. Not. Yeah. And so I think that perhaps, perhaps the Captain Marvel movies and the, and the, all of that, maybe they're just constructed for a female viewer versus a male viewer. And that's why some of the male critics are having such a hard time following it. That's entirely my, my opinion. I, I don't know. I'm, you know, that's just stuff that I have thought about as 
you know, the Captain Marvel movie came out and there was that crazy reaction from it. I knew that I know that Brie Larson didn't do herself any favors when she was doing her media stuff for the movie um, and things like that. And I think that that did hurt the movie. And I think that it made things a little less palatable for people who might have been OK with the messaging in the movie. But the way that it was sold by Larson uh, may have put a bad taste in people's mouths. All of that kind of stuff all factored into it, I, I do think. Um, but it's just possible that this is a Marvel film that is made for female viewers. And that just might be all that it is. I could tell you my thoughts on Captain Marvel. I enjoyed the, the 90s pop, pop culture nostalgia. Absolutely. Even though that wasn't my decade decade because the 80s was my decade i still yeah. obviously i lived through the 90s and still have fond memories so I, I enjoyed my time watching that aspect of it brie larson reminded me so much of of chris hemsworth in the original thor in that film he was yeah. she was very wooden she yes. was very wooden and she yeah. was not given great writing to support yeah. it was more about nick fury being nick fury for two hours as opposed to her being allowed to and this is an academy award-winning woman by the time she'd already gotten there she'd already won the academy award so she was not given great material and for thus i thought it was a really disappointing movie but as she's gotten some brief appearances in other movies like for instance of course uh, avengers endgame she's been allowed to express her personality more on screen. And I think that's translated very well to me personally. Right. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping I will continue to see that progression that allows her to now. I don't want her, you know, acting super goofy like Chris Hemsworth because Chris Hemsworth has gotten to the point where, okay, I loved going, I love Thor, uh, love and thunder that was really good. He went into a turn that was really good, but then he started to get really goofy in the last Thor movie. Yeah, I'm hoping it, she doesn't go completely off the rails in that aspect, but I do like the fact that she's been given a little bit more to work with, and I'm hoping to go ahead and see the Marvels for what it is. And I know uh, if anyone is available to good reviews for this film, uh, it's actually Miss Marvel Kamala Khan. Uh, you know, as far as the character. Her character and the actress that plays her, she has been thought of the as far as one of the shining lights in this movie. So I'm hoping that I'll be able to go ahead and appreciate that performance as well. Yeah, I, I think so. And because I didn't like um, the series very much, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I did was not a big fan of the series, so I'm hoping to get uh, a little bit larger and better look at all three of the ladies behind the, this, the Marvels and be able to appreciate what they can do a lot more. Yeah, well, I think that you and I both kind of agree that it it felt like Miss um, Marvel was really for like a younger teenage kind of audience. So yeah, it did it it kind of yeah. alluded to that. Yeah, several quite a bit. So I agree with you on that. Yeah. So again, is the Marvels? Unfortunately, it still comes with a close to three hundred million dollar price tag due to reshoots and and other things that went down, complications therein. Uh, which again, in the current state of Marvel, is something that you know I've talked about with with Jeff Sloboda, who's in our chat with the MCU's Bleeding Edge. Uh, he said that he loves Miss Marvel and Monica Rambeau. Iman Vellani, who plays Kamala Khan, Miss mm -hmm. Marvel, is excellent. Yes, she is getting most of the praise of the film. Uh, Captain Marvel was terribly written and badly directed. Agree. But uh, it looks like uh, that, you know, he liked the movie, The Marvels overall. I know he's one of the first to go ahead and check it out. So he said he was going to in a recent interview that I did with him. So looking forward to seeing what The Marvels will do. But 
I don't know. When it comes to what we're seeing with the Marvels, two hundred seventy-five million dollars. Obviously, with the you know all the other things costs involved, it has to probably generate eight seven to eight hundred billion at the very least before breaking even. That's a tough thing to do for an early November release. Yeah, that's this a big old the, number. Yeah, it's a big old number that I'm not sure it's going to be able to get. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty unsure as well because some of the reviews uh, that I have, you know, kind of come across over the last couple of days just have not been <laughs> have not been great reviews to read. So, yeah. you know, it's it I always feel like Captain Marvel is one of those characters that I, I really want to pull for and I really want to like it and I really want to uh, find compelling storylines in it and stuff like that. And as much as I kind of connected and sort of understood the first movie, I do see the flaws in the movie. I do see the problems with it, but I don't know. It's just, she's one of those characters that I think I'm always kind of rooting for. I just hope that I'm not constantly going to be disappointed by it. What are your thoughts out there on the Marvels? Are you going to go ahead and check it out this weekend? Are you excited for it? Or are you, like a lot of people out there, getting a little fatigued on superhero movies and the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the direction it's heading into? Please let us know your thoughts and all the changes in the Marvel movies, realizing there's only one Marvel movie as of now coming next year. Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. What is Planet Cool Stuff? It's your ultimate destination for insightful exploration from the realm of pop culture. Delve into the world of movies, video games, toys, cartoons, and visit with one-of-a-kind creators, discover incredible places, and see historical artifacts. Whether it's a toy room tour or exploring the best of pop culture cinema, Planet Cool Stuff has got you covered. Planet Cool Stuff, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. But my friend, there's still more to talk about on today's program this week. Uh, I wish everybody a happy N7 anniversary. So uh, every N7, I always remember, as you know, I'm a Mass Effect fan. They teased a little bit from Bioware's uh, social media in regards to a possible new character for Mass Effect 5, which will come out probably after you and I are long since dead. It's great. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, they did show another character, so people were getting excited and the anticipation and, you know, what kind of character it is, et cetera, et cetera. So that was good to see. But the biggest video game announcement was done by Rockstar this past week mm. as they announced that GTA 6 is a thing. Oh, shocker upon all shockers for the original game, GTA 5, not the original game, I'm sorry, but the previous iteration has generated over 180 million according to wikipedia i think or something like that Wild. some some got some i got to look it up again but yeah it's well over 150 million something like that 150 million in sales it's second all time to tetris in what they were saying uh, and what what i was reading if that's the case if you believe wikipedia so right. it it sold a lot let's just put it that way so you knew the inevitable was coming this is something that everybody knew so they just a matter of when we still don't know when we're going to get a trailer sometime in early December. Speculation has the Video Game Awards, the Game Awards with Jeff Keighley that comes out December 7th as a possibility. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but GTA 6 is on its way. Yeah, about time, really. I mean, okay, so I'm not I'm not an avid uh, GTA player. Um, I, 
you know, I'm just not good at the game. Um, I maybe I didn't play it enough. I don't know. Um, but I, <laughs> uh, I accidentally carjacked somebody one time. Nice. Um, That's yep. And uh, well, I got chased out of the game, so I haven't logged back in since. <laughs> How do you get chased out of the game? I mean, I know you get, I know you get a uh, like a you know a warning or a level that you know as far as you get as far as the you know. No, I just mean other trouble. people, other people hunting me down. So I was like, well, this is not fun for me. Oh, anymore. you mean it was live? You mean, I, yeah, I it was just like you in the single player game. No, you were no, doing a multiplayer so. GTA yeah, Online. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, wow. I was, I was pretty risque at that point. In my video okay, gaming, oh um, girl, living right? a life of crime. Yeah, uh, seriously, it could, like I carjacked somebody totally by accident. I still don't know how I did it, and um, yeah, it was like a it was like a, a hunt out for my character. So <laughs> I, uh, wow. yeah, I didn't oh. have too much fun after that. So I just kind of stopped playing. Okay. <laughs> Right. If you're doing it in the regular game, you just get that wanted level up and just have the cops running out. And that makes it makes it fun. It's like you're driving, you know, like through the streets with like 50 cop cars coming nice. at you. Yeah. And, you know, in the single player game, trying to trying to ditch them. Now, that's part of the fun of GTA. Now, GTA, there's speculation on where it might head back to might head back to Vice City, mm -hmm. uh, which you remember from uh, previous iterations that dealt with the you know, a uh, similar area to the Miami structure and all that. So they might be going back there because of the Skid It 6 VI Vice. Right. There yeah. you go. So that's what people are trying to compare it to. But it doesn't matter to me when it where it comes out. I'm just, to, you know, talked about when it does come out. You know, they do not care or they don't need to care when it releases. It doesn't have to be a holiday release to guarantee no. its success. The previous GTA 5, I don't think was a holiday release. I think it was a April or May release, if I'm not mistaken. I've actually, when I've been, uh, when I ran video game stores back in the day, uh, I think I was around. That was uh, GTA, GTA 4 was when uh, when I was uh, actually selling, and we had lines out the door for GTA 4. And I remember we weren't, we didn't get our shipment in enough time. And so we had oh, people man. standing out there and they were so mad. They were asking for refunds. We had to give over uh, 50 refunds, uh, sending them down the street to Walmart because our store didn't have enough time. People threatening my, my employees. So it was yeah, really just a, over, yeah, this is a game that people have been passionate about, or this is an IP that people have been passionate about for quite some time. Tell us if you can about, you know, I know you said you're not really been into GTA after your G haunting GTA experience, but it was, you know, it was shocking. <laughs> just tell me why do you think GTA has such an allure to so many people out there? You know that the thing about intrusive thoughts is that in the real world, you just don't do it. In GTA, you just go ahead and do it. And I think that that's, maybe some of the fun of the game is to just maybe maybe i'm wrong i don't know but just being the worst possible version of yourself <laughs> you know what i mean like you're walking down the sidewalk and somebody bumps into you you're not going to swing a fist at them but you mm -hmm. might in gta you know and, and i think that that yeah i i don't know I, I, maybe it was a stress reliever maybe it was a, a way to to let off a, a bit of steam for people and uh heaven knows you know there's enough frustrations in life so if you find an outlet for it, then you're probably going to cling to it. And for a lot of people, I think GTA probably ticked that box. 
it allows people to go ahead and live maybe a life that they've always fantasized about. Right, the uh, life, of, life of crime. Yes, the life of crime indeed. Being so, the bad guy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, remind me to tell you a story about that after we get off the air here. Oh, spicy yeah, story, yeah, huh? I'm not, I, I may not have permission to say it on the air as of yet. I have to get that person's permission, but I'll tell you off the air exactly a funny story. So about, about a life of crime okay. that involves me. So <gasps> and I'll leave it at that. So Carol. I was an unwitting partner. You'll, you'll hear the story <laughs> indeed. So I'll tell you that here off the air in a little bit. Okay. But I will say though, that GTA six, crime scandal hot coffee whatever you want to say in regards to it the fact is gta 6 from an experience standpoint standpoint if it is anywhere near what gta 4 and gta 5 are all about this should be one of the greatest experiences ever in video game history i mean i remember playing gta 4 just absolutely insane and i wasn't even into the single story or, or other parts the multiple i would actually just jump into a, a, a phase where they would just set up races with all the gta cars yeah. in there and just have fun just going around you know on standard races with that and you know who knew gta was a driving game <laughs> and yet it's evolved into more GTA five. It's, you know, they lay out tracks and people, you know, it's, mm -hmm. you know, just whole designs that the people would get into. And then the modding community got it. It is an experience like, unlike any other game, unlike absolutely any other game. And if it is not that GTA six could be also at risk of being the biggest disappointment in video game history as well. Oof. Well, that's, that's pessimistic juju there now. Well, there's so much on the line, and it's not not like Rockstar is not going to invest in it. I'm assuming that yeah. they'll invest five hundred million dollars at the very least in order to go ahead and develop this game as best they can. I still think there are places they can go and things that they can do that they haven't done yet, and I'm just hopeful that it'll be able to go ahead and done. It's, I mean, even to this day, it's still a staple of the streaming industry. People mm -hmm. just want to go ahead and and still categorize their adventures online and people are still fascinated with it you know Fortnite, you know after years of, of declining residuals they and actually laying off several people at, at epic studios they just got a huge boost with a new season so people just love going back to these old standbys and old favorites and gta 5 as the biggest really retail selling game of all time for the video game marketplace has done just that yeah, absolutely. I think another part of the game that I really loved because I'm such a huge nerd uh, was was uh, like flipping through all the radio stations when you got in the car. Yes, yeah, I love that. Especially Vice City. Yeah, Vice. Yes, because you're talking about with that when you, when you they put in sometimes over a hundred songs yeah. that you flipped, and it's actually like you can listen to it for hours. There's like a DJ that comes through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it is the attention to detail. Yes. Even with the limitations of previously older hardware was immaculate and was obviously something that we wanted to see. But the thing that concerns me, though, was the last uh, Rockstar game to come out with the GTA brand on it, the GTA Trilogy. If you remember that about a couple of years ago, we briefly talked about it. it was the one, two and three, I believe, that came out as far as that they came out in a block re. Uh, what you know just remastered so to speak right. quote unquote and that came out to horrible reviews because of the fact it was just so many bugs and it just so many 
things that were wrong with it. They've since fixed it in many ways. But then again, how many times have we heard a studio have to fix things in post after it's already been released, i.e. Cyberpunk 2077 and, and other right. games like that, Fallout 76, et cetera, et cetera, No Man's Sky and all that. So the GTA trilogy, as it was called when it was released, you know, re-released as a GTA trilogy remastered. Yeah, that's, that's the only little thing that I'm worried about when it comes to GTA 6. Although, again... If it's GTA 6, I don't think Rockstar. I would think the odds are very good that Rockstar's not going to blow it. Yeah, I, I I don't anticipate there being an issue. Honestly, I when you when it's the when it's the game that they've been hanging their hat on for ages, I I I can't see them messing it up. Well, I mean anything is possible. We have seen some pretty big oopsies in the last little while. So I thought 2077 Cyberpunk they, they weren't going to blow it. And look what happened there. Yeah, that's although true. it's fantastic now. Right. But how much really gonna fire that up again? Because I think we played it the week that it came out, and we were like, "Well, this is not good." Are are you gonna get the new? Are you gonna go get the new DLC for it? Oh gosh! Well, I mean, I think that that's the part that has all the the fixes in it, isn't it? Um, Well, there's some standard fixes that they had over the years that you'll it'll ask for an update when you when you fire it up, whether or not you get it. So yeah, honestly, we we haven't opened it. We haven't touched the game since like the week that it was released. And that was heartbreaking because I got like the, you know, the not top tier, but close to top tier, whatever for the game. And oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I was so disappointed. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, though, I am looking forward to it. GTA 6 again announced as a thing. Shocker upon all shockers there, Belinda. Uh, probably come out sooner than Mass Effect 5, that's for sure, unfortunately <laughs> for me. Uh, well, again, I, I like GTA, so I, I can't say I argue with that, but you know me and Mass Effect. I mean, you can just I look sure behind do. my head right here, and you can see Mass Effect like staring at you in the face right there. When it comes to GTA 6, though, again, there's so much. It'll be There'll be a lot of hype, a lot of expectations, but also, you know, for Rockstar, you know, the part of the 2k you have to go ahead and say how much you know to investors how much i don't really know that there's a number that you can put on sales for gta 6 or a threshold that you can say wow this is a, a success story or wow this is not what ha- i mean to say it's going to do 150 million plus over the course of 10 years that's a really tough call your thoughts of what gta 6 has to do to be successful in your eyes Oh, good Lord. Um, you know what? In order to be successful, I think they just need to go ahead and um, make sure that it's a quality game. If they put out the quality game and gamers get excited about it, then I can't see there being an opportunity for it to fail. Um, whatever that magic number is going to be for it. Um, I mean, because GTA 5 was continuously in the top 10 sales yeah. throughout the rest of the decade after its original 2013 Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I just think that, you know, as long as the game is solid and it's well received, uh, I think that, you know, if they don't repeat what they did with GTA 5, I wouldn't be surprised if it exceeded those expectations. I want to give you a heads up on exactly the best selling video games of all time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Minecraft is number one at over two, almost 250 million sold. Yep. GTA is about 175 million, give or take. It's, yeah. it's just an estimate, but yeah, it's about 175 million. So you know, no chump change there. 
Tetris is over 100. Then you have Wii Sports because of what happened with the Wii. Uh, that's right. around in the 80s. PUBG, a Mario Kart 8. Uh, those are some of the uh, biggest sellers after that. So there you go. Uh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, the threshold is there. That's staring you in the face. 175 yeah. million sold. Like, very daunting. And it's like GTA 6 has to do, but I hope they don't set those heights, you know, because then you're talking about a game that has to last a decade and still be relevant. And that's going to be hard to do. Yeah, I think the I think really the the pressure is on the development team and uh, you know the the people doing the work and and putting in the time on the actual game development itself. I think that's where the pressure is. What are your thoughts out there on GTA Six? Is this going to be the greatest video game of all time? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode and no disrespect to Wheel of Time, Billions, which ended its run, Gen V, which, you know, Dropped a whole bunch of the boys' references in its first season. Uh, Wheel of Time, which ended season two, you know, pretty successful there as well. Our flag means death, which didn't get the kind of uh, uh, kind of excitement over it that first season did, but still thought of as very well for HBO and HBO Max, Max itself, I should say. Uh, Loki, I will be talking about on the Monday show because I'll be able to see the final episode of season two here when we go off the air. But the thing I want to close out on is something mm -hmm. you wanted to discuss a little bit more about as far as the music industry, which you are still involved with today. And you want to talk about something from the now, and I want to talk about something from the then Ooh. that both are storming up the charts and are two of the most popular artists right now and one of them is just came out of nowhere and one of them did not and the first one we'll go ahead and touch on is taylor swift uh, mm -hmm. she recently last week and i was contemplating just bringing you on for a special podcast last week but i wanted to make sure you got a gerald free weekend and that <laughs> is uh, taylor swift's 1989 redo album this is taylor's yes. approved repeat of probably what people are saying is you know what most fans are saying i don't i don't even know it's most fans but uh, the general consensus i think is the 1989 album is her best you know be that as it may you, you know but yeah there's an argument there i suppose there's an argument people will tell you other words but 1989 yep. maybe is her most how about her most remembered how about that sure we, sure yeah and the fact that it came out this Taylor Swift version because this is her re redoing all that because of the you know trouble she had with her previous record company and all that and 
she's now this now hit last week as the number one album anywhere in one of her biggest debuts of all time selling well over a million copies in its first week tremendous success for her. after a tremendous year she is the biggest entertainer of this year by far hands down tell me your thoughts on taylor swift how it continues this this continuous success story i'm very happy for her. again you know as she came up for the with the country background became a pop superstar had the deal at the mtv awards as far as the terrible interaction with kanye west at the mtv awards that year you know, the year was 2010 or so. Whatnot. I don't remember the exact year, but she has overcome that period of time to be such an icon that and having basically one of the best years ever for an entertainer. So your thoughts, my friend, on Taylor Swift and where she can go from here. The stratosphere, maybe what's after the stratosphere? I don't know. There's the universe, I, I don't know maybe. either. I, yeah, I can't, we're in the science... multiverse now, right yeah. now. It's on this show. So <laughs> my my uh, my science class is failing me. It's all left. I, I really want her to be that Marvel. I was it's mentioned about a few weeks ago back about the Marvel character that I guess it's a uh, uh, it's one of the X Men that she can become as she's a pop. Uh, there's a pop star character. I forget what it's called, mm. but who has a special ability when she starts singing. I would love to her for her to debut that role when the X-Men actually is a reality in the Marvel universe. It would be interesting, but here's my hope for Taylor Swift. I hope that she has her feet firmly planted on the ground. I hope that she is enjoying every moment of this. I hope that she is taking it Seems all like in. It. Really does, right? But I, I hope that that's just not forward facing, that that's just not what the public is seeing and, and in private is quite dark. I hope that that's not the case for her. I also hope that Taylor... Once she's Dazzler finished this... is, by the way, I'm sorry, Dazzler is the Marvel oh, okay. character. Yeah, I, I hope that Taylor Swift, after this tour is over and, and after she's finished redoing the, the album so she gets the publishing rights and all of that stuff back to her music, her masters and all of that, I, I hope that she takes some time and she finds a place where she can decompress and just not be Taylor Swift for a little while. I Kansas can't City imagine. What's that? Yeah. No. Yeah, that's probably not going to work out. But uh, I, I don't mean the relationship. Sorry. I just mean that. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean. She, she will, she's, <laughs> there's still 15,000 cameras on her. So, yes. Yeah. I hope that she does find a way to find some sort of something that is close to some kind of normal as far as celebrity goes. Because... I just feel like the more and more famous you get, the more lonely you become. And I'm I'm watching her just take off. And I mean, I mean, she's always been successful, but this is a whole new level of success that I think we're seeing it like in general overall. So, you know, gosh, my 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 true concern is that she just finds a way to um step away from all of it and and just leave it be for a little while if she's got to go away for a year or, or two years or, or whatever the case is i just hope that she finds a way to leave the taylor swift stage persona pop star behind and find a way to just like kind of live uh some sort of life i know poor little rich girl she's crying in her private jet and her brand new mercedes that's custom taylor made i, I yes okay i get that but I, as a, as somebody just speaking as another human being, I, I do hope that she's has good people around her. And I hope that if she 
does run into any kind of trouble or finds herself in a dark place that she has the right people around her to help her kind of navigate that and steer through it. That really is a concern that I have for Taylor Swift, which is weird because I don't know her at all, but I just, I don't know. I just see somebody who's become so successful and become so like just larger than life really. And uh, yeah, I just hope that she's taken it all in stride and one day at a time and all of that kind of stuff. Now you said before I get to my then artist. Yeah. About uh, you said something about some speculation that she and Beyonce may be trying to organize something. It's just again rumor and speculation, yeah. which I don't Pure really like rumor. to cover normally on this show. Yeah. But I thought it was of interest that people. Might this one is this one is great. Um, it's because it's two incredibly larger than life artists who are just living their best lives right now. But there is a theory out there that I have come across that like Taylor Swift started her tour in America. Queen B, Beyonce, started her tour over in Europe. And as the tours cross the oceans, uh, you know, they, they're moving in, in opposite directions. And Beyonce was there to support Taylor Swift at her uh, er, her era's uh, concert film opening and, and all of that stuff. So I won't be surprised if we see Taylor Swift supporting Beyonce's when that comes out. It just feels like the two of them have some kind of very close friendship or the people around them are very good at planning things so the two worlds don't collide and both of them have the opportunity to achieve maximum dollar uh bringing in age <laughs> and as i was listening to this to this idea this theory i was like yeah i mean it, it that would make sense but before we head on out my friend mm -hmm. Let's all take a trip on the yellow submarine, my friend, because oh, the yes. Beatles, yeah. uh, after decades uh, of not being able to have any new material put out there, finally was able to recover. In fact, actually, they had had this for a long time. It was an audio cassette of, of John Lennon uh, singing or trying doing a song on the piano. He's in this an apartment. He's, he's just uh, singing a song called Now and Then. And he's working on the piano, but it was obviously on an audio cassette, which is the first you know, thing. You know, that's what you had at the time. That's what he used to record as far as little bits and things of that nature, ideas that he was trying to come up with. And then uh, Peter Jackson, after decades of being able to go, you know, they've they tried, I guess, in the 90s to try and separate the track as far as uh, uh, Paul McCartney Ringo Starr, and at that time, George Harrison, when he was alive, they yeah. tried to go ahead and work on this amongst some other things that they were in the studio, but they were never able to separate the sound of John Lennon and that piano as he was, uh, uh, you know, trying all this out as far as that song is concerned. Well, lo and behold, they put it on the shelf. They, they put it on the shelf, but lo and behold, decades later, if you remember uh, that Peter Jackson, director from the Lord of the Rings, who recently did an outstanding documentary on the Beatles, now available on Disney+. Plus, It's actually one of my best of pop culture for 2022. Uh, he was, I guess, going through the archives and found that tape of what they were working on with now and then, including, you know, John Lennon's voice and the piano and whatnot. But he has the equipment. He has the technology that they developed already that was able to go ahead and separate it out. And lo and behold, all these decades later, 
the first song released by all four Beatles. Yes, it's AI did help in this occasion. And I think that AI, we showed that, that technology with the right approval from the estate, from Yoko Ono and from the Beatles has created something positive with the use of AI and technology like this. They were able to go ahead and flesh that out and work on it to the point where you have George Harrison's uh, John Lennon. You also have Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney all working on this track, all singing on this track, all performing on this track. And now and then has debuted to monster acclaim, huge numbers on YouTube, over 20 million views in its first 20, uh, 48 hours and a number one spot on the digital sales start sales chart digital yeah. sales chart on billboard so your thoughts on the beatles before we head on out i mean are we surprised that it did it managed to achieve all of that i mean it's it's the last beatles song yeah this could be it's, they peter jackson there, hinted, there may be demos. more yeah he hinted there, there may be more but that it most likely this could be very well the last thing and it came all from that demo from john lennon yeah because there were three songs right on the demo and we have already had two of them right yeah i i don't know about the others i just know about this one that's here uh, yeah. on that on that tape because that audio cassette tape i think that was the only one that that was mentioned so they uh, peter jackson alluded to possibly more but that was just a tease and i'm i'm assuming that this is going to be the last thing that they can ever do together yeah and, and i think that um there are a lot of people who are just absorbing and, and soaking in that moment and like, just imagine being a Beatles fan from as early as you can imagine. And, you know, just in 2023, getting a new Beatles song to listen to, something new to add to your Beatles collection. How fantastic. How absolutely wonderful for fans. As a Prince fan, I understand that compulsion. I truly do. I cannot wait for the estate to open up the vault and just start relentlessly releasing his music that he has in there. He's got music that he could release for the next 30 years, I'm sure. Um, is all of it good? Well, that's another conversation for another day. But, you know, as, as I, to me, Prince was as prolific as the Beatles. Um, and I think that, um, you know, the, the, I know how hard the loss of Prince was on me. So I can imagine how Lennon fans felt, how Beatles fans felt as, as they're seeing their heroes, um, you know, starting to leave the mortal coil. So, um, yeah, no, I, I get it. And I'm thrilled for Beatle fans. I, I think it's wonderful. And I think that this is an example of AI done in a positive way um, that is beneficial. And it's not detrimental to anybody. And uh, it's it's AI used for good. What are your thoughts out there on the Beatles? Striking the charts possibly one last time with now and then. If you haven't checked it out already, please go ahead and check it out on YouTube or get the song today wherever you get your digital media. My friend, it's been great having you on the show, getting back in the groove again of pop culture. A ton to talk about on the Monday show, including Loki Season 2, the results of the Marvels, and more. But any last thoughts before we head on out? Vampires and Vitae, that's really exciting. We're about to do a bit of like a time jump by a few months this coming Sunday. So you're going to see the story progress quite a bit this week. For Wizards and Wine, The Shadows of Larkovnia, we are feverishly recording and editing right now. And uh, those new episodes, again, will start dropping in January. So we're pretty excited about that. I'm really proud of the work I've done. 
I can't tell you if it's good or not, but it feels good at the table. So that's that's a win for me right now. That's all that counts. But go ahead and check it out today. Vampires and Vitae, wherever you get your podcasts. So for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great